Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb. A special warm welcome to any guests or visitors who may be joining us this evening. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And we're continuing through our midweek Lenten series, Be Gracious to Me, as we're looking very closely at Psalm 41 throughout the whole of the season of Lent. So I'll turn your attention to the inside of the bulletin there where it says Week 2. That has all the information for the hymns this evening as well as the readings which will be read, and when we come to the psalmody, uh, those three verses of Psalm 41 this evening that we will read responsibly, uh, half verse by half verse, uh, verses four to six. So the theme for this evening uh, comes from verse three, or rather, I'm sorry, verse four, uh, which is, I have sinned. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the subject of all the scriptures, both the Old and New Testaments, but some passages say puzzling and seemingly impossible things about him. Consider Psalm 41, verse 4. O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. David, the writer of this psalm, was indeed a sinner who needed God's gracious forgiveness. How puzzling it is that we would apply this confession of sin to our sinless Lord. We can and must, and your baptism makes it possible. For in baptism, your sinless Jesus has joined himself to you and has fulfilled all the words that testify of him. We will also learn about how Jesus was baptized into our sins and bore them to the cross for our salvation uh, this evening as well. Our service is Vespers as it begins on page 229. Please stand. A reading from 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. The Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. David, therefore, sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, The child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went down, went to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child may live, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him but he will not return to me. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Peter, the second chapter. This is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. 
He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from St. John, the first chapter. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. David prayed in Psalm 41, As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. In these midweek sermons, I'm emphasizing a couple of things for you. First, that the Psalms speak about Jesus. And two, that because the Psalms speak about Jesus, they therefore speak about you. Now, the key to understanding this reality is baptism. In holy baptism, you were joined to the Lord, as the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 6. You have become members of his, that is, of Christ's body, as we hear in Ephesians 5. Elsewhere, in 1 Corinthians 12, St. Paul says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And later in that same chapter he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. What God teaches us in his word is that in and through baptism, we are joined to Christ's body, and therefore have a unity with Jesus as he and his Father are one, as we hear in John chapter 10. Knowing this to be the case, then, we can hear these words of our Lord, What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate, and know that it refers to Christ and the church, just as St. Paul teaches us again in Ephesians 5. This connection you have to Christ in and through holy baptism gives us insight and understanding when we read the Psalms. If it is true that the Psalms speak about Jesus, and it is, then the Psalms sometimes say strange, unbecoming, and seemingly untrue things about Jesus. Psalm 41 is an example, especially where it is written, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. Those words speak strangely about Jesus because, as well you know, Jesus did not sin against the Lord his God and Father. Jesus is sinless. The book of Hebrews famously and beautifully states that Jesus, our high priest, was indeed tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. So then how are we to make sense of this? How are we to understand this rightly? Well, human thinking and reason 
would make the disastrous suggestion that those words from the book of Hebrews, yet without sin, might indicate that Jesus was not actually like us in every single way. So, let's take a moment and review some facts about Jesus as they are revealed to us in God's inerrant word and faithfully confessed by the church. In his incarnation, that is his taking on human flesh, Jesus took up our human body, frame, and likeness. As we confess in the Nicene Creed, Jesus was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. So also, in the Athanasian Creed, we confess the following concerning Jesus. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age. Perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, and less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into the flesh, but by the assumption of humanity into God, one altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. Well, think also of this, that Jesus fully submitted to all the challenges of our human development and growth from being conceived in the womb of his mother and being born as we all were to also being under the authority of his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary. Thus it is written, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them in Luke chapter 2. Just like us, Jesus knew hunger, he knew thirst. Our Lord also experienced the full range of human emotion, weeping at the grave of Lazarus in John 11, getting angry at the money changers in the temple in John 2, being sorrowful even unto death while, the, while in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26. He further experienced the full range of physical pain according to this sorrowful account that Pilate took Jesus and flogged him and he delivered them over to them to be crucified. That from John 19. But you see, this is where human thinking and reason steps in and says, wait a minute. Jesus, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, except for the fact that he had no sin. Surely that must have been some sort of advantage for him. No, not at all, dear saints. Do not allow human thinking and reason to deceive and to mislead you. Jesus of Nazareth, born of the Virgin Mary, truly made himself exactly like us in every way, including sin. Now, how is this possible? Well, let's keep digging into Scripture. To be sure, your Lord Jesus Christ truly had and still has absolutely no sin of his own. It is written, in him there is no sin, 1 John 3. And he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth, 1 Peter 2. We just heard that tonight. Again, it is written, he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. That from Isaiah 53. But remember, just because Jesus committed no sin, it does not mean that he had no sin. Where the scriptures say in the book of Hebrews, yet without sin, they only mean yet without sin of his own. Where the scriptures say again, in him there is no sin, they do not mean that there is no sin on him. John the Baptist was therefore faithful and true when he said concerning Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
That is, who picks up, who shoulders upon himself, who carries it off, who bears it to the cross where it is crucified in his flesh. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So then where did sin come from, which was given to Jesus? It came from you and from me. The Lord has laid on him, said Isaiah, the iniquity of us all. And just where and when was our sin placed upon Jesus? In the Jordan River, this baptism by John. There in that water meant only for sinners, Jesus took upon himself the sin of the world in order to bear it to the cross. That is why John the Baptist said of Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away, who carries, who bears the sin of the world. So also, it is why God the Father spoke concerning his Son. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. He was pleased in his being the one who bears all sin for humanity as our Savior. As you heard in last week's sermon, sinless Jesus was made to be the sinner for our sake. God the Father laid onto his perfect Son every corrupt thing about us. Jesus held himself personally responsible for our guilt. He made himself to be the guilty one so that we could be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish. That is why the scriptures say God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Some 500 years ago, Martin Luther preached a similar thing, except in a far more able and compelling way. This is what he wrote. When the merciful Father saw that we were being oppressed through the law, that we were being held under a curse, and that we could not be liberated from it by anything, he sent his Son into the world, heaped all the sins of men upon him, and said to him, Be Peter the denier, Paul the persecutor, blasphemer and assaulter, David the adulterer, the sinner who ate the apple in paradise, the thief on the cross. In short, be the person of all men, the one who has committed the sins of all men, and see to it that you pay and make satisfaction for them. Our Lord's personal carrying of all our guilt is the reason why the sinless Jesus could say in Psalm 41, I have sinned. David prayed in Psalm 41, As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. The Lord heard his prayer and laid all of David's sin upon his son, his Christ, his Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You can pray the same prayer that David prayed. And every word of that prayer will be true. O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. As the Lord did for David, so he has done for you. The Lord has heard your prayer. He has listened to your plea for grace. God the Father has laid all your sin upon his Son, your Lord, right next to David's sin. Jesus bore your sin to the cross and suffered the penalty for it so that you would never have to. On the cross, Jesus purchased and won the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and salvation from the devil. He bought these gifts with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And now he gives those gifts to you in his chosen ways, his means of grace, his word and sacraments. All that Christ won for you on the cross was given to you in holy baptism. Therefore, it would not be wrong for you to think of your Lord Jesus as saying to you in your baptism, from now on, I'm going to be you. And you're going to be me. 
Switch me places so that you may take my place while I have yours. Luther speaks of this as the great or blessed exchange, Jesus taking all our sin on himself and giving to us all of his righteousness and holiness. Because the Psalms are about Jesus, Psalm 41 gives voice to the prayer of our Lord. O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. Because of the load that our Lord shouldered for our salvation, for your salvation, the divine law could look at Jesus, Jesus only, and say concerning him in the words of Martin Luther, I find him a sinner who takes upon himself the sins of all men. I do not see any other sins than those in him. Therefore, let him die on the cross. And so it attacks him and kills him. By this deed, the whole world is purged and expiated that is released from all sins, and thus it is set free from death and from every evil. In Psalm 41, Jesus appealed to his Father for your sake, carrying your burden and being your sin. His Father heard him because of the reverence with which he submitted his plea, and because of his obedience unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, be at peace, repentant sinner. Be at peace, baptized saint, for your Lord and Savior has been gracious to you. He has healed you. He has forgiven your sins. To God alone be the glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. O Lord our God, we ask you with our whole heart to forgive our sins and wipe out our errors, direct our actions, and by the indwelling of your Spirit, purify our consciences and sanctify our hearts, so that forgiven and renewed, we may serve you and walk in your ways. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Good evening and welcome to all of you as we uh, continue through this uh, midweek meditations on, on Psalm 41. I, I do hope that this is a blessing to all of you as we consider very deeply and interpret uh, Christologically as the word goes in light of Christ, uh, this uh, psalm that is um, given to us uh, from the hand of our, our God himself. We go in peace this evening knowing that we are indeed baptized into Christ, that we have been cleansed with his blood, that we belong indeed to him. We are members of his body. And though we struggle to wrap our minds around the fullness of what that means, uh, we know that even though we see him now dimly, uh, we shall see him as he truly is on that day when he calls us into his nearer presence uh, and into the city of God, which he has prepared for all his baptized. Thanks be to God for that. I will greet you at the door.